a legend of our Labor movement and a great contributor to our nation. That's how Labor Prime Minister Anthony Albanese remembered Bill Hayden in an official statement released after the former Governor-General died at the age of 90 yesterday. Labor Prime Minister was a title that Bill Hayden himself never managed. Bob Hawke forced him out as opposition leader just before the 1983 federal election, which saw Labor return to power. Bill Hayden entered Parliament in 1961 at the age of just 28, after working as a policeman and public servant in Queensland. He went on to be a minister in the Whitlam Labor government, then taking over as leader from Whitlam, who Bill Hayden called later the great man of my life. Though an atheist at the time and a Republican, Bob Hawke appointed Bill Hayden as Governor-General in 1989, and he held that role until 1996. I spoke with a fellow Hawke Cabinet minister, member uh, and someone who has a few things in common with Bill Hayden, former Labor leader Kim Beasley, earlier to mark the passing of a Labor giant. It's a day of mourning for the whole Labor Party. He is a revered figure and quite an extraordinary career. When he was opposition leader, Bill Shorten called Bill Hayden a founding father of universal health care in this country for introducing Medibank as Social Security Minister in the Whitlam government. What, in your view, was his greatest achievement? He certainly did set a pattern for the subsequent universal health care arrangements that were put in place during the period of the Hawke government. So he can claim quite reasonably fatherhood of that project. Labor under Bill Hayden picked up 13 seats in the 1980 election, and you were one of them, Kim Beasley. Could you give us your personal reflections on Bill Hayden's time as opposition leader? Look, I think it was a very effective time, actually. Bill was very much focused on policy, far more focused on policy, frankly, than his personal ambition. The policies put in place for the 1980 election were very effective. We came back from two appalling election results to a respectable one and with a bit of luck could have taken it a degree further. You know, he understood that Bob Hawke had a much better chance of getting an outcome with a suitable majority and unselfishly he stood down, basically catching the then Prime Minister with his trousers around his ankles because (laughs) he had deliberately called the election, assuming that Bill Hayden would still be there as party leader instead it was Bob Hawke and he faced a totally different prospect. Bill famously said, and with some wryness, because (laughs) he's a humble man, but he opined that he thought a drover's dog could have won that election (laughs) and was bemused that subsequently, of all the things he did in politics, that's the quote that has been most sustained (laughs) as the years went by. But I'm not sure whether he could have won that election or not. I am absolutely certain that his decision to stand aside made that election, which went from a winnable one to effectively no contest. Mm. Hawke was going to win, and that was the end of that. You were in Bob Hawke's cabinet from 1984 to 1988 with Bill Hayden when he was foreign minister and you were defence minister. How would you characterise his time as foreign minister? Look, it was an interesting time. He had a a substantial impact on the foreign policy. His thinking on the Asian region and our need to outreach to the zone and to devise policies both on that and then more globally on things like arms control were very much in line with the Prime Minister's own thinking. I was the Defence Minister at the time, so I actually had a lot to do with him. We didn't always agree, but he was happy enough 
to accept the various directions that, that Hawke pursued on things like stronger relationship with Indonesia, a strong commitment to the American alliance. He got about his business and did it well. Without putting too fine a point on it, being a former Labor leader and then serving as a foreign minister in a Labor government hasn't always been the most harmonious of positions, perhaps in times after Bill Hayden. But what was it like to have a former leader in the cabinet? And how did he deal with what must have been the crushing blow of not being able to lead the party to an election victory and to becoming prime minister? Look, I think the thing with Bill, basically, uh, in many aspects of his character, he was modest and self-analytical. And he had a a feeling that perhaps his demeanour, his attitude, his view of life uh, meant that others might well be successful leaders and that his job when he had one in place in Bob Hawke was to uh, work effectively. And they did. I'm not aware of huge disagreements between them. During the uh, the period, and that's not disagreements are not unusual between foreign ministers and prime ministers, but there was nothing in that relationship that, uh, in any way, caused the government to dysfunction. Kim Beasley, in this sad time, is there a personal story that stands out to you? A moment that you had with him that you'd sort of look back on as classic Bill Hayden? I wouldn't say you'd identify a single thing as classic Bill Hayden. But Bill was always clever. Bill utilised the credibility he had with the Prime Minister to do things that he wanted to do in Indochina. So, for example, foreign aid programs to Vietnam and to Cambodia, which were not necessarily popular with the Allies, but very popular with the Labor Party left. He was terrific to work with uh, as a Defence Minister. He was not an over-enthusiast for activities around the South Pacific, So he is reasonably happy with the fact that I pursued a lot of activity there myself, which normally would be done by a foreign minister. And I remember Gareth coming in to see me when he became Bill's successor. He said, now, Kim, I want to thank you for all the work you've been doing in the South Pacific. Now would you kindly cease? (laughs) (laughs) This is my responsibility and I don't need your feet all over it. <laughs> it was, that, was, that was a Bill legacy for me in particular, but he, he was just very good to deal with. Mm. Kim Beasley, another thing you have in common with Bill Hayden, as well as being a leader of the Federal Labor Party, is a vice-regal appointment. Bill Hayden was Governor-General from 1989 to 1996, appointed by Bob Hawke, and until recently you were the Governor of WA. I think probably your appointment raised fewer eyebrows than Bill Hayden's. (laughs) Could you give us your reflections on that time of the transition to becoming the Queen's representative as an atheist Republican uh, in 1989? There's a lot in all of that. He was a fine Governor General. Mm. And in the end, though there'd been opposition to his appointment, there was, as time went by, a, a real appreciation of him. I think that he made that transition very well. He also did something that I didn't do. It it used to be pointed out all the time that that Bill was not pro-Republican, that he he regarded that as uh, uh, unnecessary concentration uh, for the Labor Party. But actually, his position was more subtle than that. Bill actually was a Republican, but he had the view that 
unless the government was going to pursue the position of an elected president, not an appointed president, it wasn't worth pursuing. And that idea of an elected president was not popular amongst the political class of Republicans back in the 90s. So I think in many ways, his true sentiments were somewhat hidden. But it was never a priority with him. And he would report regularly, I'm told, on Australian politics to the palace. That is not something that I did when I was governor. So Bill paid enormous respect to the essential feature of his task, which was to be the Queen's representative. And just finally, Kim Beasley, looking back in terms of the significance of Bill Hayden to the Labor Party and to the nation, how would you sum up what was an extraordinary life of public service? Well, look, I would focus on something that I suspect other people might not. I would focus on his period as leader of the opposition because he made the Labor Party governable again. That was a really major contribution, and he did so by focusing on the sorts of issues which subsequently, in in greater detail, more of them, taken up during the period of the Hawke government. But by the time Bill contested the 1980 election, he'd restored credibility to the Labor Party, enormously important. And that credibility sustained us through the victory in the 1983 election and then a very long period of government. So I would take that period, and I bet nobody else really talks about it much in the the reminiscences of, of Bill, but I thought his office and he ran an enormously effective operation. I remember seeing a comment from an American who was not particularly pleased that Americans had a choice between Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan and said, uh, oh, why can't we have a situation like Australia where there are two respectable alternative prime ministers that we get to choose from? Why can't we have that? And now that's Bill, uh, 77-80. And I think that's also a tribute to his skills. I think he is one of the greatest figures that the Labor Party produced. He was elected, as I recollect, in 1960, part of a landslide which almost saw the Labor Party into power. And at that point of time, under Arthur Corwell, what he did after then with himself personally was turn himself into a governing figure. He did everything the hard way. He was brought up hard in order that his his mother should be sustained. He joined the Queensland Public Service and then the the Queensland Police Service. And he bettered himself intellectually by doing part-time degrees in that period of time. And he emerged as a very credible economic figure. In fact, he was treasurer for about five months before Kerr sacked Whitlam. If Kerr had not sacked Whitlam and and Whitlam had been sustained in office for another couple of years, the effect of Bill Hayden's economic management would in all probability have turned around public attitudes to Labor Party economic management. He was indeed a towering figure. Kim Beasley, thank you so much for taking the time to reflect on the remarkable life and career of Bill Hayden with us on Sunday Extra today. And sincere condolences to his wonderful family. Yes, indeed. He was blessed with a superb family, and they will be mourning him, but very pleased about his life, what is being said about him now, and the fact they got 90 years out of him. Kim Beasley, thanks again.
Thank you. That was former Labor leader Kim Beasley reflecting on the career of former Labor leader and Governor-General Bill Hayden, who passed away at the age of 90 on the 21st of October 2023, nine years to the day after the passing of the man he succeeded as Labor leader, Gough Whitlam. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.